everyone, welcome back to another episode of the podcast and today we have a absolute blinder for you as we're going to dig into Airbnb and how they continue to treat the hosts like shit and uh, what you can do about it and I think it's a really important topic this because if you're not careful you're not going to have a business in this industry before and um, you know before before we dive into it, I've probably got no better person to join me and speak about this. Uh, Chris Morn, also known as the godfather of STR, as he's, as he's known now. But uh, I know, uh, welcome, Chris, once again. It's an uh, absolute pleasure to have you and, and get your thoughts on this as well. And, um, you know, I know you, you're going to join me on a lot more podcasts going forward as well, which is cool. Absolutely. Uh, IPRAC are obviously sponsoring the podcast, as are the Luke Stays Academy. And um, again, uh, super grateful for that. And if you haven't checked out either of the websites, I would encourage you to do so uh, because uh, I know fine well how much IPRAC has done for my business and what, what you're doing for the industry as well. But yeah, so today we want to focus on this Airbnb are going to find hosts up to $1,000. Um, I've got the I've got, I've got got it here on my, my other screen. So um Basically, if we cancel on a guest now, they're going to fine us up to a thousand dollars. And um, there are some caveats to this. So, uh, how big a penalty is assessed on a host who cancels depend on the cancellation when it happens. So, I think it's basically saying the later you cancel it, or the closer to the booking that you cancel it, the bigger the penalty is going to be. Um, mm. Their reason for being is is that the guests end up having to pay more because they've got to rebook. Um, some cancellations are allowed. Two big categories are valid reasons, emergency repairs, serious illness, violation of Airbnb's party policy, um, or a permitted cancellation of the instant book policy, uh, and extenuating circumstances, natural disasters, military actions, etc. Um, like anything with Airbnb's policies, they're very wishy-washy. And, um, For a reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, and... Um, Critically, a guest cancellation after check-in uh, for circumstances counts as a host cancellation. Okay, so um, again, if a guest wants to cancel, um, then after check-in, somehow that's our fault as well. So, but I think we've kind of seen that with the air cover. Now, I know you don't actually use any of the booking channels, which is absolutely amazing, and, and where my business is heading, thanks to obviously your guidance on that, and, and we'll, we'll dig into that. But I know. From our experience recently with this new air cover policy, um, I mean, we had a guest the other day who was, it was about £480 booking due to check-in um, and four days before we hadn't sent them the door codes because we don't, because we send them 24 hours before and um, the guest complained and therefore they executed the air cover policy and given the full refund even though it was within our 14-day cancellation, so they shouldn't have had a refund, but they're using air cover as the excuse to give them the refund because they said they could have checked in and said they were unhappy about the door code issue and therefore give them a refund anyway. So mm. we obviously left high and dry once again. And, mm. uh, you know, there, there, there's many, many, many stories like that going on uh, with this whole air cover policy. And um, I know, I, I think, you know, we have to, con we obviously consider it from the, the host's point of view because that's our business. We do um, also need to look at it from the guest's point of view. And I think 
the air cover does have elements of kind of what IPRAC champions of protecting the guests, making sure the property's there, making sure it is as it says on the tin. And, and I, I'm all for that for sure. But I don't think the guests can stay for 72 hours, find a spider in the bathroom and then get a full refund. I don't think that's fair on the hosts, but that sort of stuff is going on. Um, but in terms of this, I mean, what are your thoughts on these £1,000 penalties? I mean, where does this go? Where does it stop? Well, it won't. I mean, it's. I, I don't believe it, uh, it. It will stop. I mean, what we have to understand is that if you take, let's take the let's take the host and the guest out of the scenario, and let's just look at Airbnb as a company, okay? Because this is where it all starts, really, when you think about it. Because Airbnb are the company who also have to run a company, okay? So they have to look at it from the point of view and say, right, okay, we need hosts and we need guests. Who's more important? I mean, that's the first question. It's probably around the board round table of Airbnb, okay? Because they're not stupid people who are sitting around these tables. You know what I mean? They're not. They haven't built this kind of juggernaut of a company for, for just like on a whim. So all of these aspects are being discussed in detail of how do we build this company up to be the market leader? Okay, now they came into the business late because already HomeAway, VRBO were already operating, plus Booking.com were already operating. So very, very difficult challenge for Airbnb to enter a very saturated market with already big brands dominating the, you know, the, the booking platform. But Airbnb had a very strategic way of coming into the market. And over the last 10 years, they've just, you know, like they, they, they you know they take a fingernail they take a finger they take a, you know and, and slowly slowly they're going up your arm without you even noticing it okay and i think when you start when like like you mentioned before i've never had to use airbnb or any booking platforms um because i built my business a completely different way um but looking from the outside in you can quite easily see that majority of hosts have got that tunnel vision of realizing that they're just they're just being like dragged down a corridor that they don't even know where they're going. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? They're just kind of like an Airbnb are like puppet mastering them because what's happening is they're, they're building this reliance. So what they have done is in the, at the start, they really concentrated on horse. You know, like doing the best for horse because without guests, if they could have a million guests, but without horse to put them in, what's going to happen? Do you know what I mean? So they had to concentrate strategically on building inventory yeah. on their platform so what do you do you don't upset hosts in that period because you're not going to build your inventory so their strategy was to make hosts feel great feel wanted you know and all these kind of things so all of a sudden their inventory went from like very quickly went from like zero to like five million in about four years mm -hmm. you know which is, which is amazing when you think about it and what they're doing is they are now looking at their business as how do they operate and how do they get their market share? Because they have to look at, they have to look at, they're competing with VRBO and Booking.com and, and many others, but let's say they're the three major ones. So them as companies, taking the guest and the host out of the scenario, what do them companies need to do to win their game, to win their, because they're in a battle of, of the, uh, you know, the, to, to win the consumer. Yeah. You know, like where does the consumer go? Does he go to Airbnb? Does he go to Booking.com? Does he go to VRBO? Because very rarely people use all three. 
you've got your go to. Yeah. And, and that's where you, you kind of stay because there's enough listings to find what you want. Um, so they're all in this kind of customer acquisition battle. Okay. So taking away hours. So what do they do? What's their strategies to win that you know, customer acquisition? And what they're doing is they're concentrating on the guest. So if they can make sure that the guest feels that everything is their way, if they cancel last minute, they get their money back. If this happens, it's all okay. If this happens, you've got air cover. If this happens, and all of this is favoring the guest to win the guest. Yeah. So, so all, of, all they're doing is just looking after their business. And what the hosts can't see is that they're just trying to win. A, they're just trying to build a business. Mm. And, and to do that, they cannot upset the guest. Because without guests, they don't get commission. Without commission, they don't hit their quarters. Without their quarters, their investors are going to come hard down on them. So take take away the guest and the host out of the scenario and just think about how Airbnb need to make their money as a company. And it's now focused on guest, which basically makes the host feel out in the cold, a bit like Switzerland. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, you know, and that's how it is. Yeah, I guess it's like, well, it's like, I, I think it might be one of your posts the other day, actually, but, you know, Amazon, I know I spoke to a guy on mm. my uh, plane journeys over to Dubai recently, and he he was an Amazon um, supplier, and he was basically saying, like, they never know who that end customer is. They, 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 even when stuff gets refunded or everything, it all goes through Amazon, it's all encrypted, they cannot find the data out, and that's why Amazon is, you know, one of, if not the richest company in the world, because... They, they protect that 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 sequence and play the middleman. And I think, as you said there, initially they got the inventory, so that attracted the guests. But now they know if they get more guests, then because there aren't that many forward-thinking companies in this space, they just see the easy option of, oh, well, I'll just host on Airbnb and I've already got my guests. But yeah. what they're not seeing is this bigger picture of, well, hosting on Airbnb, is it's already expensive. It's going to get even more expensive especially when you start factoring in the fact that you've got to give refunds because there's a spider in the bath or the guest just literally turns up and doesn't like the place. And, you know, that's very, it's very subjective. I actually think that Airbnb are actually trying to do the whole Amazon model of you can return it without even really giving a reason. You can, you can, you know, you'll get a full refund. But the thing for me is we're not selling a product we're selling a service and the service is very subjective. Whereas, um, you know, and and I think there has to be a bit of leniency with the service, and and that's where it is falling down. But you know, you're right in what you're saying. They're focused on the guests because they know now if they build more guests, then their platform becomes the go-to platform for hosts. Because it's don't get me wrong, Airbnb helps every short-term rental business in its infancy start making money because they are spending tens of millions marketing your properties for you and bringing your customers to you, whereas. Um, you know, I know, and, and I know you, you you invest a lot in your sort of SEO and bringing them direct, and that's something I've been working on the last sort of 16 to 18 months, and we're definitely starting to see the rewards of that now. But that also costs money. You know, that costs mm. a lot, in all fairness. So sometimes you think, well, paying the commissions is actually not that bad. But for me, it's not about paying the commissions. It's about controlling your business. And It's all about the control. It's all, it's all about the control. Sometimes it's, you know, like, I mean, if somebody said to me tomorrow, like, look, I'll bring you a guest. He's going to pay you 10 grand and you give me a grand. 
it doesn't matter whether it's Airbnb or Jeff down the road. It's like that's good business hmm. if you, if you can make that work. You know what I mean? So commission based businesses are uh, are, are very valuable. You know what I mean? They're, they're they're important as well. You know because that's like how businesses grow. You know, it's kind of like if you can bring me the business and I'd have to give you a small percentage of the overall booking. I know that I can earn X out of that, but it's money I wouldn't have had without that, without that, without that money coming in. So the commission side of it, the amount isn't always the issue because you might, you know, six and two threes, like you just said, if you wanted to go out on your own and build your own fantastic website and SEO and, you know, marketing consultants and things like that, by the time you've invested in all of that, maybe the commission's a cheaper option. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? The, the, the key factor is the control. That's where you lose the money. You lose the money, not in the pain and the commission. You lose the money in the lack of control of your business and that somebody at any particular time can decide whether you get that money or not. Now, that is, you know, that's not viable. That's not good business sense to start in that way. Now, I, I, I advise most people today to start off on the booking platforms, but you must with an intention to to be building your own particular brand you know like you know in, in you know it, it, simultaneously yeah. because otherwise and what a lot of people will find that they've done they haven't done that so they've just spent four five six seven years you know beating the airbnb drum and now they're finding it difficult and it's hard to start that um that direct booking or that direct marketing to build your own brand when you've been so long over here in the Airbnb like um, model. So it's hard. So anybody starting off now um, needs to be running these two kind of simultaneously. But at the same time, some people just don't have the, do they want that? I mean, how many people in this industry are like full-time operators like me and you? Yeah, like, you know, like business owners, there's so many people entered this market. It's like, well, I'm a doctor. I've got a house down the down the road. Uh, you know, I'm a busy doctor. I haven't got time to be doing anything else. Like, you know, that's just uh, a second home. I'm renting out an Airbnb. Gives me income. I'm happy with that. Yeah. So, how many so people that are works, that works for that type of person for sure? You know, Airbnb. Yeah, Airbnb yeah. yeah abs absolutely. But if you're a if you're a company that if you're building an a short term rental hospitality company brand then you have to have a different outlook on how you're going to be building that because otherwise you really are you know short-sighted in where you see this business in this industry going because of the the control that airbnb and and booking.com have over you as an operator yeah. and it's just getting and, and it is getting worse and it's like and you've mentioned it before <laughs> in terms of it's like a love-hate relationship because if you go back to 2020 and COVID and the amount of people were like, you know, oh, God, man. and, you know, they took all, you know, cancelled all my bookings, they've refunded everybody, and, you know, what am I going to do, Airbnb? You know, the slagging, the people slagging Airbnb off and then three months down the line, it's like, well, yeah, but you're still there. Hmm. What does that say? Like I think it's an abusive relationship type thing. Do you stay? Do you leave? What do you do? No, I'm not ready to leave yet because if I left Airbnb, I won't have a business. Yeah. That's a bad place to be in. Yeah, I think I think you've you've 
you've got a it's a transition, isn't it? So, and I think this is where absolutely share some some value and advice on what to do about these fines because you know at the end of the day, like we could have a three day stay in January. And we might then take an inquiry through our direct booking sort of activity that wants a four-month pay-up-front stay and in that property. And say, mm-hmm. well, we shouldn't have to think that, oh, well, I'm going to have to take a $1,000 hit to get rid of that, to get this booking into my business. And, mm-hmm. you know, especially being so far out. And I'm sure there's ways around it, you know, if you ring the guest and I'm sure if you, you know, tell a few white lies to Airbnb, you might be able to get around the policies and stuff like that. But at the same time, I don't think you should, you shouldn't, Again, come back to control. As a business owner, you shouldn't have to justify anything to anybody to get money mm-hmm. back. You know, I think you should be in full control of your policies, your reviews, your 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 refunds, your money. They should not be able to dip into your bank account and take money out. That is oh. like fundamentally a flaw in any business model. But what they're basically saying is they will do that and they can because they will have the revenue and they'll just not pay you that. They'll minus your thousand dollar fine off and then you'll get control you. So they control they control what you're doing, but it's like you. But you know you've got to find a way how to, you know, maneuver through it. Yeah, you've got to transition away from them. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about a transition, and it's all about taking a step back and understanding the model and where you want to be, and what you're prepared to do to, you know, what what workload you're prepared to do to to get to where you want to be. Because everywhere's everything's possible. You've just got to have the right strategy and the right focus to be able to do it. And I think you've got to use um, Airbnb, booking.com, the RBO as a platform. If you can use them to your benefit, yeah. then, they, then what they, they become a marketing channel for you. So they're not, they're, and a marketing channel is a great, is great. If you mm-hmm. can find a marketing channel, that's fantastic. If they're controlling your business, that's a different thing. But, a lot, a lot of things are said in, in this world of short-term rentals, which I always say it's not a given, is that some people now in our industry think that automatically if Airbnb sends you a guest, and the day that guest arrives in your property, that should become a direct booking. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, no, that's so naive to think in that way. So the whole point of trying to convert that Airbnb booking is how do you convert it? Because it's not a given, you know, yeah. because Airbnb have provided the listing, so they've gone on the Airbnb web, web they've gone on the Airbnb website for a reason. Okay, so search. They found what they want and they've booked it. They've paid Airbnb and they've got all of their confirmations through Airbnb. Everything's going well. Okay. They arrive at the property. The property manager does a fantastic job. Right? Okay, they check in on time. The apartment's spotless. Everything works. Seamless. Yeah. They have a great experience because you've done your job as a as a hospitality owner, you know, because that's what we are, hospitality. And then all of a sudden you say to the, you say to the guest at the end, well, just book direct now. <laughs> well, why would I do that? Everything's 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 just gone fantastic. Yeah. Why would I book direct now? Why am I going? You know, everybody knows. I mean, my grandmother used to say, "Leave it's not broken. Don't try and fix it." Yeah. So it's the same mentality. If somebody who's gone all the way through a booking process through Airbnb, Booking dot com, everything's gone well. Why would they want to change? Yeah. You know, 
So you've got to understand how the mentality and the psychology of the, of the guest in your property works. Yeah. So yeah, you've yeah. got to use, so you've got to be different in your approach and it's not kind of hard selling. It's more of the fact of kind of bringing them in in a different way. So when they arrive in your property, you've got your branded, you know, so, oh, I didn't realize, I thought this was an Airbnb property. Cause you know, this is what some people think. So when they arrive and there's a nice brochure of your branded company, which basically say, I don't know, the front says something like 89% um, of our guests book direct. Here's why and yeah. people will have a look, people will have a flick through that and read a little about who the founders are, what you do. 15% of your bookings go to hospital charities. Wow. This is fantastic. This, you know, look, we, we should, I like this company. So then they don't mind engaging with you a little bit. You know what I mean? And that's when you start to do your trust marketing to then slowly convert them over time so that they start to see, they start to follow you online a little bit. You know, yeah. they start to get yeah. your newsletter. They start to get a little bit of this. Oh, they've just got iPad approved. Oh, they've just got six new properties. Oh, they've just expanded to Dubai. Oh, the, all of a sudden you're bringing in like sort of like, I like this company. I like what they stand for. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, the trust, the trust brand marketing and, and the signals have got to be there. And that is a medium long term strategy because I had it at the beginning as well. You know, woman kept going back to booking.com and booking. I was like, why? Why do you, I keep telling you to book direct? But as you say, like they get the air cover if they go back to Airbnb, they don't get the air cover if they come direct. So, like, you know, you've got to, you've got to be building that trust of, you know, they're going to get the it's same, well, isn't it? Yeah, it's risk, gonna... it, it's risk reward. You've got to understand as well from the psychology of conversion that short-term rentals is a high-risk product, right? An expensive product. Yeah. Okay. So all of a sudden, it's like, okay, let me think. If you're buying a pair of shoes for twenty for twenty pounds or twenty euros online, it's like you know, if they don't come on the Tuesday, you know, it's not the end of the world, is it? You know what I mean? You're still you're still at home. Yeah. It hasn't changed it. Short-term rental—that's where you you're gonna. That's where your kids are gonna sleep, or your staff are gonna sleep. Yeah. So all of a sudden, it becomes a little bit more of a concern, high risk. So once you get into like high risk, in high in, in risk in price, then the psychology changes with a guest. So they need to have the trust, the confidence, the peace of mind, and the guarantee. They yeah. need it. So if you're not talking about that and saying within your property. We do all of this. You know? And it doesn't mean that they're going to automatically become a, become a guest, like a direct booking. Yeah. But at the same time as well, the, people have to understand that travel trends have changed massively in the last seven years, right? So where all, a lot of people are trying to get this direct booking is, is getting a repeat client the way forward or should you be trying to get a referral because how mm. many tourism because in tourism today maybe in the corporate world you would think okay maybe people are coming back because they might be working in the area that that property suits us you know so you can get repeat bookings in the corporate world but tourism today you go and ask 25 like uh, you know gen z people or families Okay, you've just had a lovely weekend in Paris in that lovely three-bedroom apartment. You going back next year? I know we're going to try Barcelona. Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. A 
So they're not going to keep going back to the same property, even if you've got other ones in the area. It's like travel trends have changed. But yeah. what you've got to look at is like, that doesn't mean that you can't leverage that guest. But what you've got to do, there's four types of guests in my opinion, right? The first one will say, not coming back, not referring you, no review. Second one, maybe come back, not referring you, no review. Third one would be, will come back, maybe not refer you, maybe give you a review. But the fourth one, the ultimate, is definitely come back, will definitely refer you, and will yeah. definitely give you a review. And that's your job. Yeah. Your job is to, is to make sure that that guest leaves your door, your apartment, your villa, thinking that he's a number four. So that means they might not come back to your apartment or villa in the following year, but, but they're certainly going to go and tell five friends of the experience that they had. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that's the difference. Yeah, I think I think you know that's that is definitely one side of how you can tackle this whole you know Airbnb getting your diet bookings. And I think you know you've got to be leveraging your your, your guest that comes through encrypted. You've got to somehow get their email address. You've got to get their phone number. Then you've got to put them on your database. Then you have to build this trust brand marketing sort of machine that is constantly delivering stuff to them, offering them stuff, referral incentives, etc. I think, you know, we touched on it before. I think if you're probably 10 to 15 properties or less and that's all you're ever going to have, then you probably are just better staying on the booking channels and paying the commissions because mm. you're probably one or two man sort of operation. Um, you know, you're going to drive a decent amount of money in and you can probably live with what's going to happen. But because, you know, you, the commissions that they might start putting up, you can, you can deal with them, you know, because, you know, your cost base is low. But... If you're going to scale, I would say 25, 30, 50 properties plus, and you're going to end up with a team and you're going to have a lot of cost base and you know a lot of salaries and stuff like that, you've got to somehow get off those platforms in the mm. main. You know, and I know like my personal uh, goal is to get at least a minimum of 75% direct bookings by about March next year. And I think the activity we're doing is, is definitely heading in that direction. Mm. Uh, but that hasn't come without any investment in knowledge of how to do it and also money in actually doing it. So, you know, I think um, a lot of people would say, well, what, what is, how do you do it? In my experience, if I could start this whole business again on day one, I would have employed somebody to do SEO on my website and just start building that, that picture in, 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 in Google's domain of, you know, um, like I think now we rank on Google page one for like contractor stays Newcastle, contractor stays Leeds, um, you know, various, various places that we've got in the UK. We've just done a 90 grand booking for three months. That came from Google SEO work. So whilst I've spent money on my SEO over the last 18 months with a team and the, you know, what we've been doing, um, you know, we've just like we're landing these type of bookings now, and and then they're the ones that also, you know, your you cleans are less, you're not turning them over as much, you've got one person to deal with for three months, you haven't got multiple, you know, so you don't need as much in terms of operation. Everything else that comes from the benefit of getting long term direct bookings or bigger direct bookings is the again, it comes to the control. You can control not only what's going on with the guest, but you can control your costs a hell of a lot better as well. Because, you know, like yeah. we, we, we run a position where we're like, we need more uh, ops staff here because of the way we're scaling. 
And then we've just landed these huge direct bookings and they're covering quite a bit of our portfolio. So it's like, well, actually, we don't need to scale any more staff because we're going into the winter anyway. So let's just park that recruitment until next year now because we've we've basically taken away that cost by controlling the booking that's going in rather than mm. having two or three different bookings a month or a week or whatever. But again, it comes down to, you know, we've I've always had a very strong uh, phone game. Like, get the person's phone number, ring them, ask them why they're staying, if they're coming back, when they might be back, if there's anybody else working with them or traveling with them. As you said, that kind of referral game, you know, and what can we do to get you back involved properly? And by doing that, even from day one, we have generated a lot of direct bookings and that's been you know great for us but that, i think that only takes you so far because you're still using the data from airbnb and booking.com to give you that that intro you know and you're still so i say you know it's, it's all right because you might pay like 15 percent commission to airbnb that's fine but i will try and turn that 15 percent into about three percent commission by getting direct bookings from that same client over a long yeah. period time yeah that's good marketing spend but in i i do think in the background you should be working on your sort of presence online on google search seo and even to an extent google paid ads because if you do google paid ads effectively you can actually bring it in a lot cheaper than the 15 percent that airbnb are paying you but again you've got to learn how to do that you've got to learn that skill set but you've also got to trust the process. And I think you've got to sit down with people who've done, who've actually done that walk. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Who've actually, you know, because sometimes like trying to, trying to move away from, um, from, uh, from like Airbnb to like, it's hard to, it's hard to visualize like what it looks like, you know what I mean? Because you're doing your marketing and you don't know what's happening. And then it's like all of a sudden after three or four weeks, you know, six weeks and it's like, oh, it's not working. And it's like you're not trusting in the process. This is like something that you have to do. Like, um, it's just a non-stop process. It's just it's there isn't there isn't a finish line on it. No, and there's also like I think I think like someone said to me with my SEO is like you will not see any results for twelve months. So be prepared to spend for twelve months. You're not doing nothing from it. And I was like. Okay, well, that's going to be a bit of pill to swallow, but I can make the money up in other ways and what have you. Um, but, you know, now it's a case of like that, the ROI on that spend is starting to really pay itself mm. back. Yeah. Like, why did I not do this sooner? You know, why, yeah. did, I, why did I not do it sooner? And, you've, also, yeah. you've also got to think like, if you look at most people who are heavily relying on Airbnb and the, on the OTAs, that you can really tell that they are because they, their own, their own online presence and their own direct booking website is very poor. Mm -hmm. do, do you know what I mean? Now you cannot expect anybody to move over from from Airbnb to you if you're not doing your work as well. Yeah, like you can't jump. You know, like the grass isn't always greener type thing. You've got to make the grass just as green. Yeah. So, and it's important that when somebody comes onto your website, they're like, wow. I'm, I'm wow i'm surprised at this yeah. do you know what i mean there's a lot of effort gone into this there's a lot of there's a lot of um you know attention to detail within the brand people yeah. don't go people do not go to that level if they're not interested in doing a good job just yeah. not it's just that's how consumer psychology works but if you want to put like a a basic website 
with some horrible photos and no descriptions of your properties with maybe four headings of like about us, which was written in 1970. And, <laughs> you know, and all of these different things, driving money or driving traffic to that website is just wasted money and time because you're just not going to convert. So conversion is the key. So, but you've got to understand how, you know, don't try to pull somebody off Airbnb and say, have a look at our direct booking website. If it's like a load of shit. Yeah. We've, we've got to be honest, honest with yourself. We've just gone through that. So we, we use a really cool tool where you can actually watch what people are doing on your website. Yeah. The marketing team that with adding that we could see that, you know, the, the guest flow wasn't good enough for them to actually place a booking. They ended up either yeah. watching us or picking the phone up, which is not what we want. So we've, uh, literally in the next week or two we'll we'll have our new website live we've been building it for months now and it's mm. more about guest flow than aesthetics you know it's about getting that conversion rather than actually just going oh yeah, i've got a pretty website it's got loads of nice pictures on you well, know and yeah. that, that doesn't matter at the end of the day it matters who is actually going to pay you money and you've got to be able to convert it into paid money and but i think it's it, you know coming back the consistency thing and um you know i'm going to call a lot of people out here right now because um, this is how the typical STR host will operate across the year. And right now, they will not have done anything with their direct booking game for the last two months because they'll have been overloaded with bookings from Airbnb and Booking.com because it's just the easiest time of year. This is for the UK, obviously. And then give it, the schools have gone back this week, so things are going to start slowing down in the next couple of weeks on the Airbnb tourism-type channels. And then you're going to start seeing the Facebook groups popping with, hey, does anybody know how to get direct bookings? And hey, uh, has anyone got any bookings they can share? Because they only do it when shit starts to hit the fan and they've got no bookings coming in because they haven't been consistent with their game in the peak seasons, in the off-peak seasons all year round. And therefore, they're going to struggle. And, you know, again, coming back to the consistency of, you know, every single booking that comes in, we make that phone call to try and upsell them into another one, we get a referral. We've got email campaigns that go out trying to get referrals, put them into something else, teaching them things so they've got that trust building up. We've then got our SEO game going on every single day of the week to get better and better and better. So we're capturing those searches when people are, you know, searching for whatever. That's the consistent action. And for me, it's like the bonus traffic is is Airbnb and that, that should come in. Um you know, the bonus traffic to Airbnb and booking.com, that basically just gives us the ability to try and turn them into something greater. But behind the scenes, yeah. we're giving all the time, these little seeds of like just getting the business more and more organic. And I think that's the problem with most hosts. They, and, you know, I laugh when I see it in the Facebook groups in a couple of months' time when people are panicking like mad and asking like, basically, where's the magic direct booking tree that's just going to give me thousands of Yeah, pounds? but there isn't one. There that, isn't, there isn't, there isn't oh, one, you know? Oh. Ah. I mean, you know, I went through when I started my business, it was in 2000s. So, I mean, Airbnb didn't even exist. Booking.com wasn't the, the, the booking platform it was. Home Away was probably the leader and you had to pay to be on there. Yeah. I, I wasn't paying on there. I wasn't paying anybody to, to list my property. So I had a completely different strategy, but I soon came to realize how important the trust factor was. And I was the first person really to start move away from product marketing and concentrate on trust marketing. Yeah. And, and even though everybody else couldn't see what I was doing, uh, I could clearly see the, the results of, of, in the, in the conversion through 
what we were doing in terms of reputation, trust. Because if you go, if somebody came to Cannes now and spoke to anybody in with the corporate world and said, I'm looking to book like some apartments for the for the Cannes Film Festival, who would you suggest? And I'm not blowing my own trumpet, but I'll guarantee that if you ask 100 people, we would, our name would come out 80, 90, 95 times. Yeah. Purely because even my competitors tell me I've got a good reputation. Yeah. You know, so we've, we've concentrated on it. We don't do product marketing. Product marketing's like, is our website. So when people are like, who's this AES? Okay, I'll go and have a look at their website. So that's where, that's where they can find our product. But our marketing factor is the trust factor. And the low, so many people don't do it. Airbnb do it very well. Yeah. <laughs> they, you know, but you can't see it. But you've got to understand what trust marketing is. Because people just look at it. Air cover is trust marketing. Of course it is. Of course it's trust marketing. Given, given, um, given people, uh, what's it called? Super host. That's trust yeah. marketing. No, it's like because what they're doing is they're trying to say it, but then all of a sudden they give it out to everybody. But all of a sudden they've got people saying, I'm, an, I'm now an Airbnb super host. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the, I mean, it's a bit off topic of what we're talking about today, but that whole super host thing, what, what hosts don't actually realize, especially the ones that don't want to be on Airbnb, by posting that super host badge on your Facebook, on your LinkedIn, on your, all you're doing is promoting that business even more Absolutely. and driving yeah. that commission up and up and up because there's like 600,000 or 6 million super hosts worldwide or something like that. It's like if they all post that on that day to give the super host badge out, it's the it's it's free marketing for Airbnb. Of course it is. But it's the same as Booking.com, the, 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 the 9.7. Everybody's got 9.7. Yeah. Everybody's got 9.7. I've never seen them give out a 4.2. <laughs> that's the yeah. whole point. That's yeah. the whole point. They give it out. Everybody gets in that, and you see people putting on Facebook or on LinkedIn. It's like, look, I've got a booking. I've been voted by nine point. Of course, you have. <laughs> yeah. It's not a, they're not telling you like a, you're like a gold medalist. They're doing this. This is their trust marketing strategy. Get yeah. other people marketing their brand. Yeah. You know, like and with a high with a high with a high uh, re review score. So you've got to be very, you've got to be a bit smarter in how you analyze what's going on within the industry. And I think that's where a lot of people don't see the future. And I think as a, as business leaders, we have to look at the future of the industry and look at the trends. And all you can see at the minute is hard times for people who are heavily reliant on an OTA yeah I mean that, that's all I can see you know because there's also other aspects coming in with the fact that and it hasn't hit the mainstream really yet but like the affordable housing side all of a sudden that's going to really affect governments to get involved and start to really insert the licensing side of it so all of a sudden you might have 3,000 hosts in Derby with only 1,500 licenses like the taxis. Yeah. I, all of a sudden, it's like, who gets the 1,500? Well, let's give them to the guys who are IPRAC approved. Let's yeah. give them to the people who are concentrating on health and safety. Let's give it to the people who, are, who have got a brand awareness behind them. Yeah. You know, because it is going to come. Dubai, Dubai have just done that. You, you can't get a DTCM license now from Dubai. So if, if you're not already a operating company, you can't get one because 
basically too many people have been operating without a license and yeah. they have basically said, well, going forward now, you've got to basically pick one of these professional operators to work with if you want to. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It makes complete sense. If you want to have the control, but Dubai have come into the market late. So they're yeah. learning from all of the mistakes all of these other countries have, 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 have done, like, like the UK are trying to, you know, and I've got and I and I and I do, you know, give everybody a big shout out who's trying to regulate the industry. They're not going to. Yeah. <laughs> they're not going to do it because there's it's the cats out there. You know, what do they say? The the horse has already bolted or something. Yeah. It's it's too far gone. It's too far mm. gone. And all of a sudden it's you see so many. Yeah. But you've got to be. You've got to start self policing and think about how you can improve your reputation your brand within the sector yeah so that when it does get more difficult you're in the top you know like the cream rises to the top type thing so you've got to look at it and say like who's the who's the top 10 short-term rental brands in derby who's the top 10 short-term rental brands in north london who's the top 10 top 10 that's where you've got to go that's yeah. that should be your north star and how you do that is through building a quality website works for the consumer journey invest in accreditations and in health and safety accreditations and trust accreditations increase your uh, brand awareness and your reputation marketing yeah. and also be careful about the type of properties that you're that you're allowing your customers to see you know and and your pricing getting your pricing right so all of these aspects will show that you are a leader within your you don't need to be a global brand but being the top five of your local area that should be your north star yeah 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 don't be, don't be like down with everybody else you've got to rise to the top and follow people who've already risen to the top like yourself like my i mean i'm not in the uk but you can learn so much from people who've already done it and now's the time because if if you're relying on otas and you keep brushing under the carpet you keep brushing the carpet airbnb booking.com all of these otas they don't care about you as a host no they have they have their business to run and their business right now is all guest focus yeah and it's only going to get more guest focus so going back to your earlier question about the thousand we will get it answered <laughs> the uh, the thousand dollars do i think that it's what do i think about it i think it's a, a real indication that airbnb is showcasing to guests we're on your side yeah that's it yeah no i i, I fully agree and i think um i think we'll kind of wrap things up with, with with that because i think we've delivered very much some key points on how as a host you can you can do it it's definitely not going to happen overnight but the no. best time to start was yesterday so the next best time to start is today and yeah. um, you know you just got to start working on that game you've got to start working on your websites and you know even some people say to me well i can't afford an seo guy i can't afford this just go to fiverr and start paying somebody to do something towards it it's better than doing nothing and over time you'll get the results and as your business grows you can bring in your internal staff or you can pay consultants more and you know you you develop at the speed your business develops but doing nothing is only going to cost you more in the long run if you rely on the otas yeah. 
and it's about it's about putting that into a strategy you know like into like a map because some sometimes you've got to understand that some things run simultaneously some things need to be done before others you know yeah. so you you know and i made loads of mistakes at the start think oh, i've done that too quick because i've just invested in that and i didn't really and i hadn't really figured out my my uh terms and conditions yeah so it was like ah that's a bad error but now you've got a you know your terms and conditions your cancellation policies these are all trust marketing because if you can showcase that you've got a good guest related guest a guest related cancellation policy guests like to see that yeah but everybody, i don't hear anybody talking about guest cancellation policy that's trust marketing you know yeah. what can guests what why should guests book with us yes i practice but not only that but you know like all these other things that sway towards why a guest should trust you why the guests have got peace of mind and that's the marketing you've got to be doing rather than we've got a three bedroom apartment available six thousand pound whatever then they book now 10 percent discount if you book direct that's that's not that's 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 useless marketing yeah yeah agreed agreed i mean in all fairness you know the air cover thing obviously works for airbnb and again coming back to like model and success which i'm a massive fan of you know and you mentioned it earlier just finds a business that's working and do something similar you could mm -hmm. effect, you know you can create an air cover of your own you control the air cover you control that decision you control that refund so you yeah. can still do it but just on your terms on your website which will improve improve your bookings you know just, you know um, look it's just like insurance products you know what I mean? Yeah. IPRAC's an insurance product, really, more than anything, because it's a guarantee. Guests paying an IPRAC member get their guarantee. Their payments are protected. It's an insurance product. It's, it's like, uh, you know, it's, it comes under like whatever fintech or whatever. But it, it, at the same time, you've got to look at how can you get that message across to yeah. your potential guests that, that you do offer the same types of things from Airbnb. You're just yeah. not as big. Yeah. It doesn't mean we're not as good. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, buddy. As always, an absolute pleasure and uh, plenty of gold dust. Uh, hopefully everyone's enjoyed it. As always, if you have liked the episode, please subscribe, comment, like, share, all that good stuff. And um, if you haven't checked out iPrac, head over to the website and check them out. And Chris and I will be back at some point in the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. Can't wait. Take care, buddy. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Bye-bye.